Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the 4040 Vision podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is 4040. We're so excited to jump into today's episode, but before we do, here's a quick word from one of our sponsors. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision podcast. I'm your host, Colette Abdallah, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Salman Huck. What's up, man? How are you? Yo, what's going on, man? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. So on today's episode, we are doing another half-decade team for the NFL. So we, our last episode, we did from the year 2000 to the year 2004. And because we already did a 90s all-decade team, we went a little further back in time, and we are doing another half-decade team from 1985 to 1989. So if you remember the format from the last episode, Salman and I uh, will be building out essentially a fantasy team similar to the the NFL's all-decade teams, where we'll be doing a quarterback, two wide receivers, a running back, a tight end, a flex, two offensive linemen, two defensive linemen, two linebackers, two corners, and a safety. So last time, Salman had first pick for all the positions. So uh, if you remember, he had definitely had a better team last time. But this time around, I get first dibs on every position just to keep things fair. So we're going to go back and forth, and we will uh, go ahead, and I'll start with Soman. I'll go ahead and, and start with your quarterback for the, uh, once again, the NFL half-decade team of guys drafted from 1985 to 1989. So go ahead, buddy. I didn't love my quarterback pick. I debated a couple of guys here. Um, I debated Troy Aikman, Vinny Testaverde, and Rich Gannon was in the mix for me here. But I ultimately went Troy Aikman. You know, he has a lot of that career accolades that, you know, make him worthy of the selection here. He was drafted in 1989. He was pick one in round one uh, by the Cowboys. He's a six-time Pro Bowl selection, three-time Super Bowl champion, one-time Super Bowl MVP. He's a one-time Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year award winner. He ranks 75th in career passing yards and 78th in career touchdown passes. And he is a Hall of Famer, surprisingly. If you look at the numbers, Vinny Testaverde has better numbers than him across the board. But Troy Aikman has the three Super Bowls, so had to go with the three-time Super Bowl champion, though you could probably say he's carried he was carried by, you know, all those legendary cowboys he had alongside him. But that's my pick there, Colin. I know you said it's surprising that he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think it's a surprise at all. Um the three Super Bowls is really yeah, all you I, need I mean, to know. yeah, yeah. The three Super Bowls. But I guess it's more surprising that how much how much of a factor the Super Bowls are in the Hall of Fame conversation because Vinny Testaverde, better numbers, he's not he's not sure. even considered for the Hall of Fame. The reason I think it, it is such a big factor is because the way I see the Hall of Fame is it's telling the story of the NFL, right, through the decades. So even if you were not the best statistical quarterback of your era, even if you weren't the best, you know, in a maybe top five quarterback of your era, there's probably – five quarterbacks from the 80s you can name that were statistically better than uh, from the 80s and 90s that were statistically better than Troy Aikman, but he won three Super Bowls. Super Bowl MVP matters. Super Bowls matter. Winnings or winning matters. So all that stuff matters because you can't tell the story of the NFL in the 90s, especially without Troy Aikman. So it, it makes sense that he was was the MVP or was is, is already elected to the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. Fair point. So my pick, I thought I was bold. And so, Mom, when you texted me telling me <laughs> that you were considering Vinny Testaverde 
over Troy Aikman, I was like, no. And I know our buddy Ronnie Branch, who uh, you know from Gridiron Goons on Facebook, is going to listen to this, and he might you know throw his phone against the wall or crash his car or something like that for hearing this. He's a big Cowboys fan. He got really upset that we debated Jason Witten's Hall of Fame credentials last time. <laughs> so shout out Ronnie for for listening. Um, he might appreciate this. I don't know, but obviously, I got first pick in my quarterbacks, and the guy I picked was Randall Cunningham, and. You know what? He's he's a dude that I think was obviously ahead of his time because he was a running quarterback and a super athletic quarterback in a time where that wasn't really a trait that teams looked for. They were still stuck on this, you know, 6'5", 6'4", statuesque quarterback that's going to stay in the pocket and make the reads and do all that. Uh, You know, very much the pocket passer mold. It's not like Randall Cunningham was a small dude, but he was definitely ahead of his time in the sense that he was super athletic. And the reason I went with Randall Cunningham over Troy Aikman is I think just he was a better quarterback. <laughs> so uh, to, in terms of career accolades, obviously he doesn't stack up as much, uh, you know, Aikman in terms of the team success, but he's still a four-time all-pro, a four-time pro bowler, three-time all-pro. He was MVP runner-up three times. Uh, he was offensive player of the runner-up twice. He's on the NFL 1990s all-decade team, and he is – second all-time in rushing yards by a quarterback and third all-time with rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. And I think another thing that I did was I went back and I compared the two between uh, Cunningham and Aikman, and I found that uh, Cunningham has 3,000 fewer passing yards on 400 fewer attempts, so he's not as prolific as a passer, but he has 4,000 more rushing yards. So he's making up for it in another way. And he has 42 more passing touchdowns, 24 more rushing touchdowns, similar quarterback rating, six fewer touchdowns than, or sorry, interceptions than Troy Aikman. And what I loved about Cunningham is that he had two phases to his career. He had that great time with the the Eagles. He retires for a year. He comes back to the Vikings in a backup role, and he ends up within a missed 38-yard field goal from going to the Super Bowl with Minnesota. Uh, I believe it was uh, 1999. Was it? I forget exactly the year, but yeah, I think I think 99 was the year because Randy Moss was on the team for at that point. And I think yeah, Moss that's right. In 98, yeah. And I mean, it's no guarantee they win the Super Bowl that year, but he would have been a Super Bowl quarterback, which obviously would have helped his case. And obviously, if they win the Super Bowl, that's that's an even better um, argument in his favor. So. I think in general, he's just a better quarterback than Troy Aikman. And you put him on those Cowboys teams and they're still winning those Super Bowls and he's looking, you know, even better doing it. What do you think? hundred hundred percent. I agree with you. I, I would have loved to have taken Randall Cunningham. I was like, oh, I hope Holly goes Troy Aikman. And then he took Randall Cunningham. I was like, dang, he, yeah, he took the guy I wanted. But I, I, I took Troy Aikman. No, no. I mean, I think your boy Ronnie here will like our next, my next few picks coming up. So, so we'll see. For sure. I'll like some of my next few picks as well. Uh, So I'll pass it back to you. And just remember that uh, even though Salman is going first here on the pod, I had first pick on all the uh, positions, which you'll definitely see (laughs) with the wide receiver position. So right back to you. Yeah. So I just took Troy Eggman's running mate here with Michael Irvin, right? That was the next best wide receiver left on the board here for me. He was drafted in 1988, pick 11 by the Cowboys. He's a five-time Pro Bowl selection, three-time Super Bowl champion, three-time All-Pro, 23rd in career receiving yards, 33rd in career receptions, uh, 98 in career touchdowns, and he is a Hall of Famer as well. 
And so I was like, okay, I might as well get the other part of the, you know, Cowboys uh, fearsome trio here and uh, take Michael Michael Irvin. And that was partly because of the guys you took. Uh, but definitely, I think he's the third best wide receiver uh, among the guys dra- drafted in this era. Great player, great nickname, the playmaker, uh, great attitude, at least, you know, when you want a competitive nature. Uh, one of the NFL's all-time, like, bad boys because of that era of the Cowboys and and the, um, we'll call them off-field uh, recreational activities <laughs> that they were involved in. Uh, if you haven't read, um, what's the book called? Jeff Perlman's Boys Will Be Boys. Have you heard of that book? It talks about the 90s Cowboys. Have you read it by any chance? I haven't read it. I haven't read it, but I heard about it. Okay. Just make sure you read it. It's amazing. It's They were basically, uh, yeah, <laughs> they were just wilding off the field. And the fact that he was still able to produce at the level that he did, um, you know, it's unfortunate that his career ended, let's say, somewhat prematurely. Uh, because of the neck injuries, I think he could have had um, a longer, you know, statistical prime. He retired when he was 33, maybe plays a couple more years and uh, does pretty well. But yeah, um, not better than my guys, but I, I totally get the pick. Okay, so back over to me for what my first wide receiver. This is the second biggest no-brainer in the history of no-brainers, or maybe the biggest no-brainer, and that is Jerry Rice. So he was drafted in the 16th or 16th overall by the 49ers in 1985. And we could spend two hours listing out his uh, <laughs> statistical accolades and resumes, but he's first all time in receptions, receiving yards and touchdowns by a mile, uh, 1990s all decade team and 1980s all decade team. So all decade team for two decades, which is very rare. Three times Super Bowl champ, 10 time first team, all pro 13 time pro bowler. He played for like 22 years something insane like that. Uh, what I remember most about Jerry Rice, uh, especially as a, a Raiders fan and a guy that was born in 1988, is I missed the first prime of his career from 1986 to 1990. And then he had like a second prime from 1992 to 1996, where he was basically all pro like every single year. And then I caught the tail end of his career where he was just – out of this world for the Raiders at 39, 40 and 41 years old. He put up 1100 yards, 1200 yards, and then 900 yards with the Raiders, which is just unheard of. There will never be another Jerry Rice. There'll never, never be another guy like him. He is sure. Tom Brady's the greatest winner in the history of the NFL, the greatest quarterback. But for me, the greatest player hands down bar none is Jerry Rice. What do you think? Hundred percent, hundred percent agree with you on that. Like, there's, there's, there was no one better than Jerry Rice to to come out and play in the league. He had such a long career. I would say, I would argue, he had three primes. Right, the the last years uh, with the Raiders, that was a that was still some prime football he was playing up up in those uh, late thirties. So, yeah, one of my he's my favorite player of all time. Just just love the guy. He had great career on the Niners. Had a great career uh, when he finished with the Raiders. Uh, Obviously, he should have retired after the Raiders and not done all those things where he's like on the Broncos practice squad and the Seahawks. And, and he shouldn't have done all that. It would have been great if he just retired a Raider and called it a day. But Jerry Rice loved the game so much that he kept playing until he couldn't play anymore. And that's that's what makes him so great. And that's what made him so special. And that's what I, I that's why I agree with you. He's probably the best uh, player of all time. And, you know, yeah, Tom Brady won more rings and whatever and all that stuff. But 
just watching Jerry Rice, like how many guys can you say you watched play until their forties and every year he was just killing it outside of when he had injuries? None. <laughs> Other None. than exactly. You can name maybe like five. You name like Brett Favre, Tom Brady, Jerry Rice. That's it. That's a very, very short list. Maybe like George Blanda, if you throw it in there, but he was, that's a different era <laughs> altogether. Uh, but the funny thing is even that Seattle year, his numbers weren't awful. I'm looking at football reference right now. He played 11 games. He actually started nine games for them at 42 years old. And he wow. had in, in 11 games, it's not nothing crazy, but he had 25 catches for 362 yards. And not horrendous. Touchdowns. Yeah. Not yeah, horrendous. That's not bad, right? Bad. For yeah. a guy that, you know, most, most of the prime wide receivers are five years into retirement at this point. And this guy's still trucking along. And then the, the Broncos practice thing, you know, we can just forget about that. But I'm sure he enjoyed it. Uh, he looked weird in that jersey. I think he wore number 19 for them on practice on the practice. I don't, I don't even know, man. I don't even know. I didn't. I that that's the that's a version of Jerry Rice I forgot about. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that image sticks in my head. Uh, he probably didn't want to take number 80 from Rod Smith. So he's a good dude too. Uh, didn't want to, you know throw his weight around <laughs> when he is trying to make the team. So uh, yeah, like I said, we could talk for hours about Jerry Rice. Maybe we can do a Jerry Rice pod at some point. I know you're a big Niners fan. We can have a Sam on here too, and you guys can rant and rave about how great he is. Uh, but I'll pass it back to you for your second wide receiver. So the second guy I took was Andre Reed. He was drafted in 1985 in round four with pick 86 by the Bills. He is a Hall of Famer as well. He's a seven-time Pro Bowl selection, two-time All-Pro, seventh in career receptions, 14th in career receiving yards, 62nd in career touchdowns. And he was just part of those, you know, early 90s Bills teams that kept making the Super Bowl and kept losing. But he had a really good, I would say a really good career. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm lucky that there was a fourth Hall of Fame wide receiver left here in this draft class. So there were some pretty good wide receivers, and I was lucky that he was... He was also a Hall of Fame guy, and he was still left on the board here. He's definitely the fourth best in the group. Yeah, but yeah definitely. Like, you are lucky that there was four <laughs> in this uh, in this period. You had to, you know, you didn't have to go down too far down the list. You got another Hall of Famer. Uh, my brother is a big Bills fan. I'm sure he'll uh, appreciate that uh, you took Andre Reed. Did you consider anybody else? Uh. I mean, I, I thought it was pretty clear that Andre Reed was the fourth best guy uh, in terms of wide receivers here. Um, I mean, you, you took the top two, and then I was like, it's pretty clear that Irvin was third. Probably you could make a case Irvin was maybe two or tied tied with your guy who you took. Um, and then Reed was clearly the fourth best guy on this on this list. There was like, it wasn't even a debate. For sure, for sure. Um, so, yeah, the guy I took, we keep referring to Reed as the fourth best. Um, so I took uh, Tim Brown. So one of the greatest Raiders of all time, one of the best receivers of all time. He was drafted sixth overall out of Notre Dame uh, in 1988, again, by the Raiders. Long list of accolades as well. Nine-time Pro Bowler, two All-Pros. The thing is, though, with the All-Pros in this time is, I think there was two All-Pro teams. There was like the Pro Football Writers Association, and then the Sporting News had an All-Pro team too. So... It was all mixed up when we were doing our research. Like some sites would say, oh, he's a two-time All-Pro. Some sites would say three, whatever. Few-time All-Pro, it's all that matters. All-decade team for the 1990s, Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's seventh all-time in receptions, fifth all-time in receiving yards, and sixth all-time in touchdowns. So he stacks up in terms of history. He played in a, in a wide receiver era that was, you know, 
pretty populated with with a lot of these talented receivers, Jerry Rice, Michael Irvin, Andre Reid, uh, Herman Moore, a couple other guys that were vying for those those top positions. So the fact that he also had a, a really long career, he was similar to Jerry Rice in the fact that he had a couple primes, um, obviously drafted in 1988, but he was still good at the tail end of his career. Uh, he was named to the Pro Bowl in 2001 when he was 35. He was still having like 1,000-yard seasons uh, in his uh, mid to late 30s. And similar to Jerry Rice, he has a forgettable last year <laughs> with another team. Do you remember him on the on the Buccaneers in 2004? I totally do not remember that. I didn't even know he left the I, – I thought he was a Raider for life. I didn't even know he, he even tried to join another team. Yeah, it was similar. You know, there's always that one last year where the guys play one year too long, and it's just like, you know, let's just see what, what we can do uh, in our last year. But he was 38 at that point, so not quite Jerry Rice level, but still a really good receiver. And, uh, yeah, obviously already a Hall of Famer. So I think I definitely took the two best receivers. Maybe there's a case that Michael Irvin on any given week or year was better than Tim Brown. But obviously from a career perspective, you can't pass up Tim Brown for, for one of these other guys. Yeah. I, I, I When I saw you draft, when I saw the board, I was like, oh, it's no brainer. Hall is going to go Jerry Rice, Tim Brown. Like, I don't even have to think about this. I got to start finding the guys after them. <laughs> for sure. For sure. All right, so we're moving on to our running backs. So go ahead and pick your running back. My running back here was Thurman Thomas, who was taken in 1988 when round two um, by the Bills. And so I think he was the 40th selection overall. And then he was a five-time Pro Bowl selection, five-time All-Pro selection. He was uh, won the NFL MVP award. He was the two-time rushing yards leader. And his, for career, he's uh, 14th in career rushing yards with over 12,000 yards. He's 22nd in career rushing touchdowns with 65. And he's 29th in career yards from scrimmage. So had a very good, very good career. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, again, part of that uh, early Bills uh, 90s teams that went to the Super Bowl, Part, you know, one of the main reasons why they made it to the Super Bowl, him, Jim Kelly, Andre Reid, uh, a pretty nice trio there. Um, and so... Yeah, I had I thought he was the second best running back here in this class. It was the running backs, as you will see, were not great, and I think there was clearly two guys you could only go with here um, in terms of running backs. And I'll pass it back to you to take the top guy here. Yeah, and I was very kind to you. I will say that <laughs> because yes, yes, I was lucky you didn't take him in the flex because then I would have no running back. <laughs> I almost did, but I was like, all right, in the spirit of you know not trying to be a jerk. Uh, you know, we, we, I, I, I left him for you. There's a couple other guys. Uh, well, I guess just one other guy. Um, that's Herschel Walker. Um, uh, didn't have as obviously as, as great of a career as either of these guys, but he's, he can make a case, uh, as your flex or something like that. Um, but obviously the guy that Salman is referring to, the one that I picked was Barry Sanders. So one of the best running backs of all time. And the funny thing is, I'm sure you knew this. Maybe you didn't. But these guys were college teammates, uh, Thurman Thomas and, and Barry Sanders uh, on Oklahoma State in the uh, the mid to late 80s. Barry Sanders stayed a year. You did not know that. Okay, cool. Well, there you go. Uh, so I don't know. There, this has got to be a trivia question. Maybe there's a couple others. Um, but this is probably the only college backfield that featured two football Hall of Fame, pro football Hall of Famers at the same time. Maybe I think so. I think so. I, I don't think I can I can't even think of any other, and we're too far off like to have any of these recent guys, but 
I can't think of yeah. any other combo combo that would be two Hall of Famers. Maybe like Miami in the in the two thousands, there was a case if like Clinton Portis had a better career or Willis McGahee or something. But there's a lot of college backfields that had some some you know great running backs. But yeah, I don't I don't think there's any that feature two Hall of Famers. So, uh, but yeah, Barry Sanders, incredible running back. He's uh, unfortunately retired early because the Lions were terrible. But he still put up insane numbers, 10-time Pro Bowler, 6-time All-Pro, 1990s All-Decade team. He's fourth all-time in rushing yards and ninth all-time in touchdowns uh, as of this recording. So he probably could have broken both records, I think. Um, but, you know, he struggled being on a bad team. And the really fun conversation people have is what would the Cowboys have looked like with Barry Sanders back there and what would the lions have looked like and what would their respective careers have looked like if, if him and Emmett Smith traded places. So that's a, a fun conversation. A lot of people use it to shit on Emmett Smith, but I, I won't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Barry Sanders. I think he's probably my favorite non 49er NFL player of all time. Uh, love the guy electric. I mean, it would have been nice to see him. I know there was rumors when he retired that, oh, he may come back. He may play with the Raiders. He may play with the Niners. He may play with the Dolphins or something like that. It would have been nice to see him on a playoff team and seeing what he could have done. But I think he made the right choice, just retired early and avoided lose, losing many losing more losing seasons with the Lions over there. So I think he did the right thing. But still yeah, electric. The, the Lions, they robbed us of uh, the end of Barry Sanders' career. They robbed us of the end of Megatron, Calvin Johnson's career. So – there's a theme here. And he retired coming off a f- basically a 1,500-yard season. So he was still yeah, still in his prime. Still in his prime. Yeah, absolutely. I think he had uh, like 1,800 yards from scrimmage. So, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. But at least he's, you know, he's still walking around. He still looks good. Maybe he just wanted to focus on his health. So good for him. Uh, but, yeah, I'll pass it to you for your tight end. So the tight end I took here was Brent Jones. He was drafted actually in 1986 in round five, pick 135 by the Steelers. Uh, I didn't know this, but when I was researching him a little bit, uh, this came up that he was even though he was drafted by them, he never played for them because he had a car accident that left, that basically meant he couldn't play the entire season. And then the Steelers cut him, and then he joined the 49ers in 87 where he had a great career, 11-year career. He was a three-time Pro Bowl selection, three-time Super Bowl champ, three-time All-Pro. Uh, he's 225th in career receptions, 347th in career receiving yards, 495th in career touchdown receptions. Uh, so pretty good numbers here for a tight end. And, you know, he was just, I, I remember him as one of those tight ends that, you know, that was the outlet, right, for Joe Montana, Steve Young, those guys. Um, and he had really good seasons with the Niners. And so I took him here. Uh, tight end pickings are pretty slim, and I appreciate you leaving him on the board here for me, Colin. I did. Uh, out of the kindness of my heart, I thought, you know, for a Niner, <laughs> for a Niner fan. Uh, I, I liked him a lot growing up. It was really cool. I lived in Santa Clara, grew up in Santa Clara, and he went to Santa Clara University, uh, which does not have a football program anymore. I think they cut it a few years after he left, so he's probably one of the last alumni uh, from that school to make to the NFL, and I just thought it was cool that he went to Santa Clara. Uh, yeah, again, I left him for you. But the guy I took is not not far off, um, and that is uh, Jay Novacek. So he was drafted in 1988, round six, pick 158 by the then St. Louis Cardinals. So this is before they actually had moved to um, 
uh, Arizona. And he played there for uh, five years before moving to the Cowboys, where that's where he really took off and became, you know, one of the better tight ends in the NFL. Uh, he ended up being a five-time Pro Bowler, three-time Super Bowl champ. And all the other statistics are not that impressive, but I think the main thing is that he won three Super Bowls and was a member of those, you know, he's one of the names that you, you he's probably the third, fourth name, maybe even fifth name that you mentioned. It's like Emmett Smith, Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, Moose Johnson, <laughs> I don't know, Larry Allen, and then Jay Novacek, but he was one of the weapons on those Super Bowl teams. So I, I couldn't yeah. let you pick him. You know, you're Niners fan. I wouldn't let you pick the Cowboys, the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd have three Cowboys all on my team. That would have been bad. Um, yeah, good pick, good pick, solid pick. Right. Uh, so go ahead, right, pick your flex. Yeah, yeah, in terms of flex, uh, I do appreciate you not taking Michael Irvin or Andre Reid in your flex positions, and then, but my flex position, I, it's, it was tough. I, I felt the flex was a little tough here this time around, but I went Andre Risen here. He was drafted in 1989, round one, pick 22 by the Colts. Um, he gave himself the nickname Spider-Man, and I think Chris Ber- Berman also used to call him Bad Moon Risen uh, when he used to do the highlights there, so he had two nicknames. But surprisingly, he was a five-time Pro Bowl selection, four-time All-Pro, and one-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, he's 84th in career receiving yards with just over 10,000, 91st in career receptions with just over 740, 89th in career touchdowns and 84. He's played for a couple of different teams. He played for the Colts, Falcons, Browns, Jaguars, Packers, Chiefs, Raiders. Um, and he's also, also very famously known for dating left eye lopes who burned his house down while setting his shoes on fire. <laughs> I was so, waiting for you to mention that. <laughs> I, I, that has, that absolutely has to be mentioned when you talk about Andre Risen that his house was set on fire. So, uh, we'll leave, we'll leave it with that, but he had a pretty, I would say he had a pretty good career with the Falcons and chiefs. Um, that's where I really remember him, especially with the chiefs. And he used to do that. That's where he got the Spider-Man nickname when he was on the chiefs and he was pretty, had a pretty good career there. Um, and he won the, he won the Super Bowl with the Packers in 96 which he didn't really contribute to, but he won the Super Bowl there. Yeah, he was a bit part player there, but mm-hmm. hey, they all count. Um, and yeah, on the Raiders, he was actually um, nominated for Comeback Player of the Year. And he had a you know decent year with the Raiders in, in 2000 when you know Al Davis loved his uh, old veterans trying to look for, for one last hurrah. Uh, but I love the nickname, Andre Bad Moon Rising. It's just, it's so Chris Berman. It's so perfect. Uh, we could do a podcast <laughs> on some of the. Yeah, the best we should nicknames. we should do a Chris Berman nickname podcast. Definitely yeah, like a do top that. ten ranking. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I th- what was the TJ Hushmanzada? He had one good one for him, but anyway, we digress. Um, yeah, I was very kind to you, and I didn't take. <laughs> I was going to take Thurman Thomas or Michael Irvin. I was like, let me take a guy that's probably a little underappreciated in this era of the NFL. He's a little overlooked probably because of how famous his brother has become. And that is Sterling Sharp. So obviously Shannon Sharp is one of the best tight ends of all time. And Sterling Sharp had the potential to be one of the best wide receivers of all time, but his career was cut uh, pretty short by, I believe it was a neck or back injury. But in the six years that he played in the NFL, he had, um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, he played seven years in the NFL. He had five uh seasons of over 1100 yards. He had two 1400 yard seasons. So he was dynamite. Um, He was a three-time first team, all pro five-time pro bowler. He led the NFL in receptions in three for uh, three seasons uh, and was the receiving yards leader in 1992. I don't think he'll ever get into the hall of fame because of how short his career was, 
but he retired at age 29 coming off an, a 12, an 1,100-yard season and an 18-touchdown season. So, again, the guy was dynamite, and he could have been, you know, Brett Favre's best ever target. I think some of the other guys that he played with, Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, et cetera, maybe uh, overtook Sterling Sharp. But if he had a longer career, he definitely could have been uh, Brett Favre's, like, Marvin Harrison, Peyton Manning type connection. So do you remember much about him? Do you remember his career getting cut short? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I uh, I remember Sterling Sharp, like people were like, oh, he, he was super electric and he was really a really good receiver. Um, and then his career just got cut short. But I could, I definitely see it. Like he could have been, he could have been one of the all-time great Packers and all-time great wide receivers in, in Packer history if he had been able to resume his uh, resume his playing career i think he you said seven years that's pretty short so um, yeah yeah just seven years and but he retired coming off a pro bowl coming off a 1100 yard season again with, with 18 touchdowns uh so it's it was unfortunate but you know it is what it is mm-hmm. so that's it for our offensive skill position players so we go ahead and move on to our offensive linemen so i'll let you go ahead and pick your uh, first offensive line this this is really tough for me, Khalid, because I barely remember any of these offensive linemen. <laughs> um, but I just went based on what I saw with the stats here. Uh, so my first offensive lineman, I went with Dermonte Dawson, who was selected in 1988 in round two, pick 44 by the Steelers. He was a longtime Steeler. He was a seven-time Pro Bowl selection, six-time All-Pro first-team selection. And in 1993, he won, was named the Co-AFC Offensive Lineman of the Year by the NFLPA. And then in 1996, he was named the NFL Alumni's Offensive Lineman of the Year. Uh, I wasn't too familiar with him, but he apparently played like played 11 years for the Steelers and retired a Steeler. And people say he was one of the most dominant offensive linemen of the of the era. And so I thought he was he played center, I believe, and so he was a center. Uh, so I I took him. He and he and he's a Hall of Famer as well. So I I went with him. I remember the name, but I I don't remember much else. I don't yeah yeah <laughs> exactly it's like I kind of remember the name and that was about it and I was like okay let me look up what else he he did in his career so that, yeah, that's who yeah. I went with all right so the uh interior offensive lineman that I went with a uh, guy with a great name and that's Randall McDaniel uh he was drafted 19th overall in 1988 by the Vikings and he just has one of the like best resumes period for an offensive lineman aside from you know the major team success that some of the other guys have had but he was a 12-time pro bowler seven-time all pro uh, 1990s all decade team he's already in the hall of fame and what i thought was really impressive about him was how incredibly durable he was he didn't miss a game or a start for 12 years from 1990 to 2001 um and he played obviously for the Vikings, but he also had a, a brief stint with, for two years with the Buccaneers, where he was still a, a Pro Bowl level player, uh, but obviously not not the All Pro level. But he retired at age thirty seven, playing sixteen games, so it wasn't like he was forced to retire. I think he just chose to. Uh, so yeah, just one of the best linemen from that era of the NFL. Solid. Uh, my next lineman was Jim Lachey. Uh, I think I said his last name right. Who knows? I think it's Lachey. Uh, Lachey, okay, James yeah. Lachey. Uh, I don't even know this guy, but I just this is what I read about him. 1985, he was taken first round, pick 12 by the Chargers. He was actually a three-time Pro Bowl selection, four-time All-Pro selection. He was part of those legendary Redskins and Al Commanders, the 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 Hogs lineup 
the Hogs lineman um, that won them Super Bowl. So he played uh, pretty well for that that team. And then he also had a, a brief stint with the Raiders as well. And so he seemed like he was a pretty good offensive lineman. He won a Super Bowl. And so I decided to take him here. I did not remember him either. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Yeah, lie. yeah. There was another guy I thought about here. Um, you should just pick guys that you remember. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should have done that. I was like, oh, maybe I'll take a what was his name? He was a Raiders guy, Steve Waninski. Waninski. Wisniewski. Wisniewski. There we go. There I'm we go. pretty yeah. sure he got drafted earlier than that. I think he was drafted. Um, oh, was he? Did you swoop him up? Oh man. I should have. No, he was. Him. He, yeah. I was like, oh, Khalid didn't take him, but I was like, I already took a center. I was like, do I want to go with the guard? But now I, was, I, oh, I went with man. the tackle. You missed him. I was like, I was surprised I, Khalid I left him on the board. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to take him over uh, Randall McDaniel, but dang, I should have took him with my tackle. I guess it's, it's maybe too late now. <laughs> <laughs> I I apologize uh, to all my fellow Raiders fans on behalf of this uh, or on this because of this oversight. Uh, but yeah, the the other offensive lineman I took, I should have taken Steve Wisniewski. I thought he was drafted uh, a little later, but that's my bad. Anyway, so the guy I took was Lomas Brown. Uh, he played for the Detroit Lions. Uh, he was drafted in 1985, sixth overall. Uh, super long career, just like Randall McDaniel. Uh, he played for, um, he also won a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers, but he wasn't really a starter at that point. But he was a all t- first team all pro Four team, four time second team All Pro, Pro Bowler seven times, All Rookie team. He's on the Detroit Lions All Time team, and he played eighteen years. And in fifteen of those years, he played at least thirteen games. So super durable guy. And now I'm embarrassed that I didn't take Steve Wisniewski over him, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should have taken him. I was like, oh, maybe Khalid. I was like, what's wrong with this guy? Maybe, why didn't Khalid take him as a Raider fan? And I was like. Whatever, I'll just go with Jim Lachey. Um, I goofed, but yeah, moving, yeah, moving on to defensive lineman Khalid. I took Michael Dean Perry. Uh, he was drafted in 1988 and round two, pick 50 by the Cleveland Browns. He's a six-time Pro Bowl selection. He's a five-time All-Pro. He has 145th in career sacks with 61, and he played for the Browns, Broncos, and Chiefs. Another interesting thing about him: McDonald's named him a sandwich in his honor. They called it the MDP, and it was only available in the Cleveland area. So that's a, another interesting fact about this guy. But by all accounts, he was a dominant offensive lineman. Uh, name sounds decently familiar. That's why I went with him. I respect it. I respect it. Um, so the guy I took uh, as from my interior defensive lineman um, is Ray Childress. So he was drafted in 1985, third overall by the then Houston Oilers, uh, five-time Pro Bowler, a uh, six-time All-Pro across both first and second team. Uh, he only missed six games in a 10-year career. Uh, just another guy that's you know a solid player, nothing spectacular. Uh, there was one year where he was in the defensive player of the year mix, but you know the All-Pro stuff, I, I wouldn't say nothing spectacular because it's hard to be an All-Pro. It's hard to be his first and second team All-Pro, so shout out to him for that. Uh, and he did have a couple or one – double-digit sack season, but he was really consistent from 1988 to 1993. He had at least eight sacks, which is impressive for a guy that's playing a little bit of a mix of defensive end and defensive tackle. Uh, he wouldn't be like the first name off people's uh, you know, tongues for the um, defensive lineman from the 1990s, but again, based on the constraints that we have, I think he makes sense for me here. So who's your defensive end? 
Yeah, I took the second best defensive end here, uh, Chris Dolman, rest in peace. Uh, He was drafted in 1985. He went with pick number four to the Vikings. Uh, He had a pretty, pretty long career here. He played for the Vikings. He played for the Falcons. He played for the Niners. He's a eight-time Pro Bowl selection, three-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro. One season, he led the NFL in sacks, and he ranks uh, fifth in career sacks at 150 Point five career sacks, and so just a very defensive, a very dominant defensive end. I remember him pretty well from the Vikings. I remember his time pretty well on the Niners, and so he he clear he was clearly the second best guy here. Uh, your guy was clearly number one, so I'll let you announce your selection. Yeah, there. man, I remember Chris Dolman as well. Solid pick. So looking at so my guy, I picked Bruce Smith, the obvious pick, picked in nineteen eighty five first overall by the Buffalo Bills out of Virginia Tech. And it's really – he's the Jerry Rice of defensive ends. It's it's incredible how good how good he was and how good – and how long he was one of the best defensive ends in the NFL. Two-time defensive player of the year, 1990-1996. So that's 11 years after he got drafted. Eight-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, 11-time Pro Bowler, He's just like Jerry Rice. He's in the 1980s and 1990s All-Decade team. He's on the NFL uh, 100th anniversary All-Time team. He is first All-Time in sacks with 200. Uh, He has 43 forced fumbles, which is 15th All-Time. He has 1,075 tackles, which is insane for uh, a defensive end. It's not something that you see much. And again, just what was – I didn't realize – that he played for this long. <laughs> it's like he played. Yeah. He had a good career. Yeah. He played 15 years with the Buffalo bills, obviously. And then he had a four year stint with uh, Washington where he was still pretty good. He played there from yeah. age 37 to age 40. Um, he had 29 sacks in four seasons, which is incredible again for a guy, his age and just one of the most durable players you look at his his football reference page, it's like 16 games, 16 games, 12 games, 16, 15. He had one injury in 1991, that's like 15, 16. Like just incredible. And the amount of accolades that he got, again, he was all, uh, defense player of the year twice, but he got votes for it at least eight years out of his career. So just an incredible player. And I think he's one of the – I don't want to say he's underrated, but I think people just – People don't talk about him enough. You know, when they talk about the great defensive ends of all time, I don't think he gets enough credit. Maybe just because he was a little undersized. I don't even know if he was undersized. He just maybe it was his number because he wore seventy eight, which is a yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I think it's because he was so consistent and so good for so long. People just forget that he was just like consistent, consistent every year, every year. He's playing 16 games. He's getting double digit sacks. He was just that good. Um, and people forget that people remember the more flashy guys, right? The Michael Strahan's and the Julius Peppers, the guys who put up big, big, big sack numbers versus Bruce Smith, who was always consistently, you know, getting you 12, 13 sacks a season. So at least, yeah. And at look, least, look at least this. right from 1986 to 2000. So that's 15 years aside from the one season where he only played five games because of injury he had at least 10 sacks a season, which is just an insane, that's, that's insane level. That's impressive. so impressive. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have the 22-sack season, but he had a 19-sack season in, in 1990. And, yeah, just a, a level of consistency that, again, you only see from 
the guys like Jerry Rice and the fact that he played this position at this level for so long is, uh, yeah, again, I, I don't think he gets enough credit. I think part of it, again, is just the, the number he wore because 78 just – I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's like, a weird number for a de- defensive end for sure. Yeah, like that's like backup offensive tackle number. <laughs> it's not, you know, <laughs> Hall of Fame, all world defensive end number. Maybe if you wore like, you know, 90 or 99, he would be remembered a little bit more fondly. So um, I'll pass it to you for your linebacker. Yeah, the linebacker I went with uh, after you took the two best linebackers out of this class, uh, I went with Kevin Green. He was drafted in 1985. He was. Uh, selected in the fifth round with pick 133 by the LA Rams. He had a he played for quite a few teams. He played with the Rams. He played with the Steelers. He played with the Panthers. He played with the Niners. Uh, all had had really good seasons for all those teams. Uh, he was a five time All Pro, two time first team All Pro, one time second team All Pro. One time he led the NFL in sacks. He was a, he's a Pro Football Hall of Famer. He's third in career sacks with 160. So this was just a guy who could really get to the quarterback and. I, I remember him from all these teams. He played well on the Rams. He played well on the Steelers. I remember him on the Panthers. I remember him on the Niners. Um, so just a guy that could dominate and get to the quarterback, and that's that's as his career sack show. That's what he did. You said I was. Uh, I took the two best linebackers, but I was being generous. <laughs> I thought by leaving you uh, green because you know I, obviously I like my guys, but he's a Hall of Famer, and my two guys, well, one of my guys, is a Hall of Famer, but. Um, you know, so I, I thought fair. I was being That's nice. fair. That's fair. I mean, I thought Hardy Nickerson was the better overall linebacker, but Green has the sack numbers to put him in the Hall of Fame for sure. Bro, spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, so my first linebacker is Derek Thomas. Uh, may he rest in peace. He was drafted fourth overall by the Chiefs in 1989, um, and he's he is a Hall of Famer, but he was putting together an incredible career that uh, unfortunately was cut short by tragedy. He got into a car accident uh, in a snowstorm, I believe, uh, when he was 32. So he still had some years left of, of his prime, and he was uh, you know, just coming off a good season. Uh, so Derek Thomas, nine-time All-Pro, three-time first-team All-Pro, 1990s All-Decade team, already in the Hall of Fame, obviously, uh, 18th all-time in sacks, and he had 20 sacks in a single season, and that was in – uh, his second year in the NFL in uh, 1990. He uh, it did never won Defensive Player of the Year, but he was Defensive Rookie of the Year, and he was uh, second in the Defensive Player of the Year in 1990, probably second to Bruce Smith <laughs> that year. So uh, an all-time great player. And again, unfortunately, his career was was cut short by, uh, by tragedy. So I'll pass it back to you for your second uh, linebacker. Yeah, yeah. I think also uh, Derek Thomas holds the – single game record for most sacks in a game. I think he has that record or he's tied for that record with like was five. It, was it six sacks? I think five or six. Yeah. He had five or six in a game. Cause I know Khalil Mack has five or he got five against. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think he, him and him and Derek Thomas are tied for the record at five. I think I'm going to look into I that. could be wrong. But yeah, yeah, I know yeah, that. Mack had, had five against the Broncos and, and Brock Osweiler at some point. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, all right, my next linebacker, I took Pat Swilling. He, uh, he was drafted in 1986, round three, pick 60 by the Saints. He played for the Saints for about six years, then the Lions, and then ended his career there with the Raiders. Uh, he was a five-time Pro Bowl selection, one-time first-team All-Pro, three-time second-team All-Pro. He also one-time led the NFL in sacks. He was also Defensive Player in the, of the Year in 1991. 
and he finished his career ranked 64th in sacks with about 107 0.5 sacks there. So another linebacker who could get to the quarterback. I don't, he played just almost nine years or so uh, in the NFL, but he had a pretty decent prime there with the Saints, and he was another guy who could get to the quarterback. And he won Defensive Player of the Year in 1991, which is, which I did not know and, until I researched this. So it was surprising to me. Yeah. And in an era with guys that we mentioned and some of the guys that we'll get to. Uh, it is impressive that he was able to to do that. Um, he did that off the back of 17 sacks. He had an interception. He had a pick six. Uh, so a guy that could do it all. And if you can get to the quarterback, that's the the most important thing. So, yeah, again, I thought I was being nice. <laughs> he still ended up with, with some good players. Um, so the guy I ended up with uh, was Hardy Nickerson. He was drafted in 1989 in the fifth round. Uh, by the Steelers, pick 122, so great value for what they got out of him. But it's the Steelers. They just That's two things they can do is draft linebackers and draft receivers. Um, so uh, he had uh, 21 career sacks, nine forced fumbles, so not a, uh, a pass-rushing linebacker like some of these other guys. He's more of a traditional uh, linebacker and just a great player for a long time. He had a, a stint with the uh, Steelers, but he really hit his stride uh, with Tampa Bay as his second team where he was in the defensive player of the year mix in the all pro mix. Uh, and then he had a couple years at the end of his career with, with Jacksonville and green Bay. But I, I, it's a constant theme that we see with these really, really great uh, players where they play for a long time. Uh, obviously some guys, their careers get short or get cut short because of injury or whatever, but we're seeing with a lot of guys on this list, they're playing for, you know, 15 years or more. Uh, again, just because of, of how great they are. And even if they hang on for a year or two too long, they're still productive players uh, at the end of the day. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Hardy Nickerson uh, from the, his Buccaneer days. So, good pick there. You got a great right, name, too. Well, great name. Yeah, great name, great name. I would say the, the pickings are pretty slim here at cornerback. Um, I was nice again. I took – you were you were nice. You left me. You left me some solid guys. Uh, the first guy I took here was Eric Allen. He was drafted in 1998 with in round two, pick 30. He played for the Eagles. He played for the Saints. He also played a, a little bit for the Raiders here. Uh, career accolades, he had, it was a six-time Pro Bowl selection, three-time first-team All-Pro, one-time second-team All-Pro, and he led the NFL interceptions uh, one, one season. And he ranks career-wise 21st in career interceptions with 54 and second in career interception return yards which is uh, kind of surprising, but a good, solid cornerback, uh, had a pretty good career there, and so I, I took him here. I was definitely being nice because he should have been the second cornerback I picked, but I was like, let me Absol- just... Absolutely, he should have been the second guy. And and <laughs> the guy you picked was interesting, so I'll let you get to him. Yeah, yeah, but for now, uh, so the obvious pick, the uh, Jerry Rice of cornerbacks is a theme here. And that is Deion Sanders. So he's drafted in 1989, 1989, um, fifth overall by the Falcons, an incredibly long list of career accolades, eight-time Pro Bowl, uh, six-time first-team All-Pro, uh, second-team All-Pro twice as well. He won uh, Defensive Player of the Year in 1994. He is a three-time Super Bowl champion, obviously already in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's 24th all-time in interceptions. He probably would have gotten a lot more if uh, but teams were just so scared of him as a shutdown corner. 
but he is second all time in pick sixes uh, to a guy, another guy on this list. Uh, so just one of the best athletes we've ever seen in, in American sports history. He had that, um, you know, moonlighting phase where he was playing baseball at the same time. Um, he retired for three years after he played one year with, uh, with Washington in 2000, he retired for three years and then he came back at age 37 with the Baltimore Ravens and he played a total of <clears throat> a total of 25 games for them. Didn't start a lot, but he still had five interceptions <laughs> at age 37 and age 38. One of the best athletes again of all time. I think he ran like a four, two, one or something like that. And that was obviously before laser timing, but just an incredible player. One of the biggest personalities in the history of the NFL and a no-brainer pick again. Another drop-dead no-brainer. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And and he played some wide receiver from time to time. I remember that he would line up at wide receiver a couple of times. That's another. Uh, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't really. I remembered him doing that. I thought it was more of like a gimmicky thing. But there was one year in Dallas where he put up pretty decent numbers: thirty-six catches yeah. for four hundred and seventy-five yards, only one touchdown. But he's like a legitimate weapon. And of course, you know, kick and punt returns. He had six return touchdowns over the course of his career, was one of the most dangerous. Uh, I'm sorry, he had six punt return touchdowns and three kick return touchdowns. And again, just goes to show you the the type of athlete he was. And then obviously he applied those same return skills uh, as a defensive player with uh, all those yep. pick sixes that he had. So, yep. And he was, he was famous for that high stepping into the end zone, right? You remember that? He made that. Famous, oh, yeah, so. of course. Neon yeah, Dion, the, great nickname, you know, yep. prime time. He just uh, prime time coach. Prime he goes by now. coach. Prime. He, go, he, he goes by coach <laughs> prime now. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll see how he does in Colorado, but he, you know, revitalized Let's that see. Jackson state program and um, I'll be rooting for him. Uh, for sure. For, yeah. See what he does in Colorado. Exactly. All right. Uh, the second guy I took here at college was James hasty. He was drafted in 1988 round three pick 74 by the jets. Uh, he played for the Jets. He played for the Chiefs. He was also played for the Raiders at some point. I don't know why this is a theme. Like guys at the tail end of their career end up on the Raiders for some reason. In it's this not draft for class. some reason. I have two words for you. It's Al, Al Davis. <laughs> Al Davis. <laughs> he he yeah. loved signing uh, dudes at the end of their career, and sometimes it would work out. If you look, I mean, yeah. even guys like Eric Dickerson, Ronnie Lott, he loved. Yeah, yeah. He loved them. You know, he, he's, he never shied away from talent despite the age and sometimes it worked yep. out. Sometimes it didn't. There's another guy on this yep. list uh, who's on my team that uh, he, he had a, a great end of the, his end of his career with the Raiders. So yeah, yep. Al Davis yep. is the only reason. We'll get, <laughs> yep. We'll get to that guy. Uh, so yeah. And then, so James Hasty, he was a one-time pro bowl selection, one-time first team, all pro two-time second team, all pro and ranks 104th in career interceptions at 39. So just a decent cornerback uh, from this era that, you know, could get you some interceptions. Just the de- overall, just decent player. Uh, not, I wouldn't say anything special about him, but just good, a very good, solid quarterback. He's another guy that played for a long time, so that's that's a that's that matters the longevity, right? If you're playing, especially cornerback, until your your mid to late thirties, not a long list of guys that that can do that. Uh, even like in this era, I think it's what like. Patrick Peterson, like Xavier Rhodes, maybe they're the only guys that are still doing that. Yeah, I don't even and, think and they're like Peterson's 36, 37. Yeah, I think Peterson's like 35. And yeah. he's like considered washed up already. <laughs> and he's still doing it. Uh, so yeah, still that, doing it. There's, you get some credit for that. 
Patrick Peterson, I'm going to have to look this up because I'm curious now. Um, he is 33, so he's not even that old. He's only 33. My goodness. And yeah. people are acting I'm like acting like he's about ready to about <laughs> ready to retire anytime. So yeah. Um, so the guy I picked uh, is a name I think was forgotten to me at least, um, but he's another guy that was on the Steelers. His name is Carnell Lake. Um, he was drafted 34th overall by the Steelers. He's a five-time Pro Bowler, one-time um, All-Pro. He got actually got MVP votes in 1997 and Defensive Player of the Year votes in that magical 1997 year that he had where he played a little bit of cornerback, a little bit of uh, strong safety. And if you look at his stats from that year, it makes sense, right? He had three interceptions. He had six sacks, which is not uh, normal for a uh, defensive back. Uh, and he had 70 tackles. So it makes sense that he was in the mix at that position. You know, uh, again, a forgotten type player, but obviously one of the better players if he's getting MVP and Defensive Player of the Year votes in the same year. Do you remember him at all? I actually did not remember him at all. Like, uh, I looked him up. And I was like, who is Carnell Lake? I, like, I don't remember this guy. <laughs> so he was forgotten to me. So I, I don't even remember that 97 season, him having being that dominant of a player. But I guess he was. Yeah, and again, you got lucky. I was being nice. I left you uh, uh, Eric Allen. Eric Allen? Yeah. Eric Allen, yeah. And he was actually, sure. sorry, he was actually a four-time All-Pro, not a one-time All-Pro. So that's that's my bad. Again, it, oh, gets, wow. it gets mixed up based on yeah, who yeah. you ask because there's the, the Associated Press and the, whatever. But you get what I'm saying. Um, so I'll pass it to you for your final pick, and that is uh, the safety position. Yes, uh, at safety, I took Steve Atwater. He was drafted in 1989 with by the pick 20 by the Broncos. Some of his career accolades, he's a two-time Super Bowl champ with the Broncos, eight-time Pro Bowl selection, two-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro. Uh, he's part of the NFL 90s All-Decade team. He's in the Denver Broncos Ring of Fame. Some of his career stats, he's he has a 1,180 combined tackles, which is 38 all-time. When you're, when you're compa- he, I think he's the top safety on that list, or maybe he's like top two in that list in terms of safeties. Everyone else is like linebackers on that list. Uh, he's 24th in intercept. He's tw- he has 24 interceptions, which is tied for 265th all time. He has 1,356 interception returns yards, which puts him seventh all time. And he has five interception uh, touchdowns, which ties him for 10th all time. So overall, a very good safety. I definitely remember him from those Broncos uh, Super Bowl runs. And he, he was one of those uh, guys that they really counted on during those uh, Super Bowl runs to anchor that defense. So and, and he's a Hall of Famer. So Incredible player. Somebody that I, I remember primarily for how physical he was. Uh, as a player, he was a big, big hitter at that safety position, uh, which seems to be a theme for you. You picked Troy Polamalu in our last draft, and now you're picking uh, another. I like the I, well, I, I like the hard hitters, but also you took the the guy I thought was the better safety. So, um, you know that by default I took the second best, but I definitely appreciate the hard hitters. I like the guys that you know lay down the wood when some guy, some a wide receiver tries to come across the middle. So. Yeah, and this was an era where you could still do that. Um, so my guy, technically, he could have been a cornerback. I Maybe I could have picked him at cornerback here, but um, I just remember him mostly as a safety because uh, that was the tail end of his career, and that is Rod Woodson. Uh, he, is very, he had a very similar career path to Charles Woodson, which I thought was funny, uh, where you know he's drafted uh, 10th overall uh, in 1987 by the Steelers. 
he's it starts off as a cornerback and he's lights out right he's wins a bunch of all you know gets named first team all pro uh, gets to the pro bowl uh he is defensive player of the year in 1993 which you don't see very often from cornerbacks probably just a handful of guys that that you see uh from that position uh he's second uh runner up all pro or sorry runner up defensive player of the year the following year and then he has like two other stretches in his career that were incredible, right? So he has that long stretch with Pittsburgh and then the tail end of his career for the last five years of his career, he plays uh, four years with Baltimore at cornerback. And then he moves to to free safety where he rediscovers that all pro form. He's named to the all pro team with Baltimore. And then at age 37, he joins the Raiders again, <laughs> another old guy. Uh, but this time it worked out really well because he was on that Super Bowl team or that, that Super Bowl uh, runner-up team, and he's first-team All-Pro at free safety, and he has an incredible eight interceptions, which is the the tied for the most in his career. And the list of accolades continue, right? Third all-time in interceptions, first all-time in interception yards. So he was a, obviously a great return guy, and he has 12 pick-sixes. So that's first all-time. Uh, so he's not a guy that um, – you know, had much uh, production on offense, if at all, but he was a great return man, just like Deion Sanders. He had uh, four return touchdowns in his career as, you know, punt and kick returns, but he stopped doing that, obviously, when he got old, <laughs> which makes sense, right? Uh, so I think you want you you would have picked him over Steve Atwater, which I think makes sense. Yeah, I, w- I would have. He was definitely, he had pretty good years at safety for the Ravens and the Raiders. Um, yeah, and, and uh, I remember I was at Great America one year, and Rod Woodson showed up, and he they let him like cut all the lines and get ahead of people, and so people were like, "Who's this guy?" And then and then me and my buddy were like, "Oh, that's Rod Woodson," and he was like there with his kids and stuff. So I remember that. So yeah, I would have. He's but he overall good player. I would. Yeah, I mean, I would be like, okay, I, I was like, okay, that's cool. I was like, that's cool. It's Rod Woodson. He can cut in front of us. That's fine. Yeah, they were giving him special treatment there. So. Yeah, that's it for our teams. Um, we can do a quick recap, but before we do that, there was one guy where I'm. We probably should have found a, a, a spot for him. I'm surprised you didn't pick him for one of your linebacker spots or one of your defensive lineman spots, maybe because you already picked the DN, and that was Charles Haley. Did you just forget about yes. him? Yes. Or did you? No, no, I didn't I didn't forget about him, but I considered him more of a defensive end than a linebacker because um, I think he primarily played DN. And so I t- between him and Chris Dolman, I was going to go Chris Dolman. Uh, but Charles Haley was definitely maybe I should have taken a D tackle, <laughs> but he wasn't really a D tackle. Yeah, he played one year D tackle. I mean, I'm looking at his his Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, I think he's maybe more of a three four linebacker, but he's listed as a linebacker for the first six years of his career. Oh, really? Okay. So maybe we okay. goofed. And then he switched to D. I rem- I remember him at, more at D end because that's when he came to the Niners. He was playing D end and all that stuff. So he played. Cowboys. He was listed as a linebacker with the Niners and then a D end with the really? Cowboys. Yeah. Cowboys. Cowboys. Sorry, Cowboys is where you he went had it backwards. Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, I think we goofed, man. He's a five-time Super Bowl champ. <laughs> yeah, he is, but he doesn't. I, I, I would still go Chris Dolman and Bruce Smith over him. So, oh, Chris Dolman, Bruce Smith, yeah. In terms of statistical, you know, accomplishments, yeah. I heard he was he was insane. He did some wild stuff. He loved to expose himself in uh, in the locker <laughs> yeah. rooms. So he's uh, if you again, if you read Boys Will Be Boys, um, he was one of those guys, one of those main characters. Uh, and the, he's a real wild card in the locker room. And again, just love to expose himself for some reason in the Cowboys locker room. Maybe it's just a culture. Uh, but yeah, so go ahead and recap your team and I'll go ahead and do mine. 
Okay. I went first uh, quarterback, Troy Aikman, wide receivers, Michael Irvin, Andre Reed, running back, Thurman Thomas, tight end, Brent Jones, flex position, Andre Risen, offensive lineman, Dermonte Dawson, offensive lineman, Jim Lachey, defensive lineman, Michael Dean Perry, defensive end, Chris Dolman, linebackers, Kevin Green, Pat Swilling, cornerbacks, Eric Allen, James Hasty, and then safety, Steve Atwater. Incredible team. Even though you picked second, I still give you daps. Yeah, I was surprised at how I was. I was surprised at how well the team came out. I mean, it's it's pretty hard to find five years where you're going to get four Hall of Fame wide receivers, right? So I think that helped, um, and two Hall of Fame running backs. So that definitely helps, and a couple of Hall and one Hall of Fame quarterback. So uh, when you got that much talent at the skill positions, it definitely makes your team better for sure. For sure, and we'll have to see. I think. So th- this era, well, let me recap my team. So I'll start. Um, so quarterback, Randall Cunningham. My receivers are Jerry Rice and Tim Brown. Running back is Barry Sanders. Tight end is Jay Novacek. My flex was Sterling Sharp, who played wide receiver. My linemen were Randall McDaniel and Lomas Brown. My defensive linemen were Ray Childress and Bruce Smith. I probably should have picked Charles Haley as my my defensive tackle. Slash D. Yeah, just, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I was thinking. You should yeah. have gone Charles Haley at defense. We'll cheat tackle. a little bit. Um, I know I love Steve Wisniewski. Maybe I should have picked him as my my uh, my second offensive lineman. But we're we're being a little more rigid with positions than I thought we would be. Um, so maybe maybe for the next <laughs> the next couple ones we can uh, mix that up. Uh, but my other defensive lineman, uh, defensive end was Bruce Smith. My two linebackers were Derek Thomas and Hardy Nickerson. My corners were Deion Sanders and Carnell Lake. And my safety was Rod Woodson. So I think this era, this draft class is probably the first ones that we really remember, like at the tail, maybe not the tail ends, but like exactly. the times of exactly. their careers. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's what I was going to say. I remember a lot of these guys' primes, right? Um, Jerry Rice, Michael Irvin, Andre Reid, Thurman Thomas, Barry Sanders, right? You, you, Tim Brown. Those guys you remember, for sure. You remember their primes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's... That's what these are the guys that kind of got us into football, I would say. Yeah, for sure. So I think in terms of uh, going back further, maybe we do one more draft for or one more half decade team from 1980 to 1984, uh, just so we can respect the history. I don't know how much further back you want to go. Let's not let's not let's not go past back the eighties. Maybe uh, maybe we could maybe we could squeeze in the late seventies. Maybe a late seventies. You know what? Maybe. This is a history podcast, sports history podcast. I think it would we would be remiss to not acknowledge the history. I mean, don't you want to debate like Ken Stabler versus uh, I don't know Terry Blunkett. Bradshaw or something <laughs> like that? We can we can get real detailed with it. It won't be like a oh I remember. Ken Stabler throwing, you know, three touchdowns in the AFL championship or whatever, but you know, we can, we can still enjoy some of the history. Uh, maybe I'll invite. For sure. For sure. We'll do it. Maybe we'll we do can, it. Uh, we can do it with some of the old heads. Uh, maybe Ronnie, if he's down, I'll reach out to him a couple for of sure. guys. Yeah, we'll yeah, see what yeah, happens. For sure. Uh, but yeah, we'll it. definitely do the 05 to 2000 or 06 to 10 and then so on and so forth. Cause I think especially the, the 2010 to 2015, Obviously, a lot of guys are still active, but some of them are not. So that could be a, a fun little draft. But once again, thank you guys for checking us out. Thank you, Sulman, for doing this with me. Make sure to check us out on all the major podcasting platforms. Make sure to follow and subscribe and leave us a review and all that good stuff. 
You can find us on all the major social media platforms, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, et cetera, at 4040 Vision Pod. Thank you guys again. Peace out.